And welcome to Living in the Past. We are a podcast that goes through a month of the 90s every single week. We're in our 1992 season and we are talking about March 1992. Now, uh, introducing my uh, co-host, Ben. Hello. We should have had uh, Mark Snow from Crocodile and Pop Records uh, joining us in this one, but stuff came up. He had to do, uh, I think he had to do a pop-up. He had to do what he's actually, you know, in the business of doing. So we couldn't get him for this uh, episode, but he's going to come back later in the season for a very special bonus episode. So that's going to be pretty cool. Uh, how the have real you story been? was that uh, we banned Mike from coming because he didn't bring a Sailor of the Century board game. That's the real story. Yeah, there is there real, is real inside dramas. There is things afoot. There are some stuff going to happen <laughs> at the end of the season that I'm very happy about. Okay, um, so I'm well. Uh, how are you? Yeah, I'm doing all right. Yeah, yeah, not too bad at all. Um, if we sound a bit weird, it's because we are doing this over Zoom. We're trying this out for the first time. Um, if you know about Australia and South Australia, um, there has been a bit of um, a flare up in, in COVID stuff. So we're just trying to be safe, um, but hopefully we'll be back face to face and making Ben drive half an hour each way <laughs> in the foreseeable future. I mean, regardless, I still managed to be late. <laughs> You were, you were late. Yeah. I was looking at myself. It, I was even late to me saying I would be late. It's like, it'll be 10 minutes late. And then oh, I know. Later. I'll be there in a minute. I cannot tell you the loneliness of looking That's into a computer it. screen and have myself looking back at me. <laughs> <laughs> Just like waiting, like waiting, like a date for prom. <laughs> That's never going to come. Get to know yourself. <laughs> it's time to have some quality time with you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so before we get into the 90s, we always do um, Living in the Now, so let's do Living in the Now. Okay, so what have you been doing, watching? I've been not living in the now by going back to some classics. Actually, they're not classics. But uh, we watched Fight of the... We restarted Fight of the Concords. Was it good? It's okay. <laughs> some of it's fun. Some of it's just a bit too much. I, yeah. uh, I don't know why we started. I don't know what came up. I think if I watched it now, I'd appreciate it more than what I did back. Because I used to hate it because I was just like, the like hipster trash. But <laughs> now I'm yeah. just like, and I also really like Tucker Wahidi now. And also um, that whole gang. Um, I really like what what we do in the shadows is excellent. So yeah, yeah it is. I feel uh, like there's a new one of that coming soon. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I've been more watching... Importantly, I wa- no, no, oh, sorry, no. you go. No, you go. How dare you? More importantly, I watched Alpha Papa. <laughs> the, the Alan Partridge film. Was it good? It still holds up. It's really? Best. I mean, it's uh, only, what, like five or six years old? It's, but it was still great. I love it. Back when I first watched it, I'm like, I like it because I like Alan Partridge, but I feel like it's 15 years too late. <laughs> nah, perfect. Okay. Can't can't fault it. Um, I've been watching uh In the Search of In Search of Darkness. Uh so it's about um eighties horror movies. It's a four and a half hour documentary about uh eighties horror movies that was on Shudder. Um and I've got part two now to watch as well, so it's gonna be awesome. So that's been making me go back and watch uh old horror movies. So me and my wife watched The Blob from nineteen eighty eight the other night and mwah, <laughs> it is so good. I was watching the blob tonight after he, uh, he had his biscuits. <laughs> it's quick, that... by the way. It's not me or Laura. 
Yeah, well, I'm amazed I can't hear him <laughs> in the background. <laughs> I watched Nobody with Bob Odenkirk, Bob Odenkirk from Better Call Soul, and um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Is that new? It's by the writer of Have John I Wick. Yeah. Uh, I I liked it. It was very violent. Um, I think unlike John Wick, which sort of has is a good reason for him to go on his on his murderous rampage. Um, I feel like the main guy in this movie kind of caused the trouble that he's in. So it's like it does. It sort of takes like the it takes the uh, the care factor out of it for me. But it was still a decent movie. Oh, so you're not really like rooting for him because he's well, done to himself. Yeah, but like I don't know. Like I, I there just needs to be a bit more of a a reason to do like what he did. I was like, you kind of brought it on yourself a bit. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. but yeah. Typical man. <laughs> uh, apart from that, um, yeah, not a lot else. Uh, just, um, oh, we, t- we did watch Dante's Peak because I was in a bit of a disaster movie. And my Lord, what a disaster <laughs> movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. We actually, I uh, should have mentioned, we went and saw Cruella last night. Oh, is it good? Not what I was expecting. Okay. She looks like um, she's going... Also, should have watched it at home. Yeah, you probably should have watched it at home. <laughs> yeah, there was, there was two kids in the front row that would not stop asking their parents questions. <laughs> it doesn't even look like, it's a, look like it's a movie for kids. It's weird. It's not an adult film. The soundtrack is weird. There's like non-stop hits, like 60s and 70s hits. Yeah. Like, you barely get a moment without a song playing. It was very odd. Bowie? One Bowie song. Yeah. But like some good, there was Dylan, there was Zeppelin, there was Stones, like all your 60s, 70s classics. But she looks like she's going for like, this ain't your granddad's Cruella from from Under and One Dalmatians. This is like Heath Ledger's Joker version of Cruella. Like it's just. Yeah, yeah. basically. Okay. Pretty much what it was. Yeah. Okay. It was pretty good though. I did like it. She's good. Let's go back into the 90s. (laughs) Okay. All right, so uh, the big thing for March of 1992. We'll get to to it. Just hold your your roll. (laughs) Slow your roll. Uh, So Prince Andrew and Sarah Ferguson separated. So that's that was the big thing that happened. Uh, Because we're going. We'll be getting into (laughs) we're going to get into our quiz. Uh, But the quiz tonight would be all about. the Academy Awards was on. So we're going to do some Academy Awards and we're also going to do some of the uh, the Razzies from that year as well. So it's going to be going to be good. So let's, without further ado, let's hit the music and let's get into the quiz. All right. So if you were paying attention and I know you're always paying attention, um, I think you could probably guess which movie won a bulk of the awards. It's actually been probably mentioned a couple of times already but oh yeah this is like this is a bit of a pop quiz hotshot um Uh-oh. so best picture for the oscars between beauty and the beast silence of the lambs bugsy jfk and prince of tides Whoa, i mean my heart says it's not beauty and the beast <laughs> uh, so i'm hoping it's jfk no, Silence of the Lambs. Oh. Uh, Are you okay with that? I'm okay with that. 
<laughs> I can't register my complaint. Uh, moving over to the Razzies. Who won worst picture out of Hudson Hawk, Cool as Ice, Dice Rules, that's a movie about Andrew Dice Clay, Nothing But Trouble, that and one. Return to the Blue Lagoon? I really hope it's Dice. It's not. Oh, no. Is it Hudson Hawk? It is. <laughs> awesome. Uh, even wow. even more atrocious for the Razzies. And look, I know the Razzies mean shit, but like, this is, this is, I took this one to heart. The worst actor was between Bruce Willis and Hudson Hawk, Vanilla Ice and Cool as Ice, Sylvester Stallone and Oscar, Andrew Dice Clay in Dice Rules, and Kevin Costner and Robin Hood. It's not Kevin Costner. It was Kevin Costner. Oh, that is harsh. That is very harsh. I feel like they're trying to just set an example there that they'll go after anyone. Um, so with going back to the Oscars, uh, Silence of the Lambs made a clean sweep. So uh, best director was Jonathan Demme for Silence of the Lambs, Anthony Hopkins, Jodie Foster won. Um, out of the supporting actors, we've got Tommy Lee Jones, JFK, Harvey Cartel and Bugsy, Ben Kingsley and Bugsy, Michael Lerner and Barton Fink, and Jack Palance in City Slickers. <laughs> oh, Palance. I can't believe he's up for anything. Was he that good? I don't know. I, I feel like he wasn't... Uh... Oh, right, this is a question. Um... I crap bigger Wait, is this you. a... This is a actual award. This wasn't Razzie's, was it? No, this is actual awards, yeah. Uh, I guess I feel like Palance because he won the Globe, right? So I'm just gonna say Palance. He did. Yeah. He won it. Yep. Is a. a That's lip. ridiculous. <laughs> he was in it for I think a very like it was like one of the smallest amount of times that someone who's the one was in a movie for. I think maybe uh, Marlon Brando was was in a, in Godfather shorter than him. Uh, I watched uh, a clip of him presenting an award to someone the following year. Yeah. He's still curly. He's still just this grumpy, weird old man. <laughs> um, just so, uh, that's, that's the end of the quiz. You did well. Um, oh, thanks. I have to give some I think props. I got them all. You did. Um, I'll give some props. Actually, yes. I don't know this is props for, uh, for the Razzies. Sean Young, actress Sean Young. Yes won two Razzies for playing twins in the movie A Kiss Before Dying. So, like, not only did she <laughs> did she get the, the worst actress, she got worst supporting actress playing the twin of herself as the actress. <laughs> you got to take that to heart. Okay, so, uh, moving on to sports. Okay, suck it to me. It's it's not even that exciting. I don't uh, doubt that. Um, <laughs> I sh- sorry, I should correct myself. It's not exciting yet because the curling championships begun. Oh yeah, we all love some curling. Norway. Unfortunately, uh, it didn't finish until April fifth. So we have to come back. Tend to hold <laughs> I'll come back just for that. Actually, me and uh, um, my wife caught the. South Australian 
bowls tournament on uh, NITV uh, yesterday afternoon. We were flipping through some channels. I'm like, yeah, from Salisbury, like a a few suburbs over from me. A live feed. It was it was something. Wow. Uh, So uh, moving on from curling because it didn't finish yet. We had the Paralympics. Hey, like the Paralympics. Yeah, I do. I saw a video of. Have you seen a video of the of, of um blind athletes running along with their um their teammate alongside them and the teammates talking to them saying like stay in the line or or like giving them direction oh, basically. Yeah, yeah. it yep. is it is something to watch if you get a chance that is like i was yeah i was so enthralled by that anyway. and there's so much like trust in that as well and like yeah like you're really depending on that person and now yeah. you have to be as fit as each other. Yeah, that's the thing. It's yes. like, because like, um, big ask. yeah, like it's it's full on. So yeah. Anyway, keep going. Uh, so USA won the Paralympics. Nice. Yeah. Just won a uh, twenty gold. Yep. I mean, basically, uh, second was Germany with twelve. The. And of course, <clears throat> our old friends unified with their 10 goals, came in third. In the Cricket World Cup, Australia didn't even make it out of the group stage this year. And that was being held in Australia, wasn't it? It was. I, I think, think... And New Zealand? I think I, think I vaguely remember that, and I think, I think like, people were just, like, so ashamed that we didn't make it out of the group stage. Yeah, like, when you've got home ground advantage, you're supposed to oh, do yeah. quite well, regardless of who you are. And being Australia cricket like i mean yeah. it's pretty much the thing we do yeah but, but it wasn't the michael bevan years yet so no nah, that's the next one yep and to round us out mm-hmm. the afl season began oh cool i'm only mentioning it uh because seven teams had a bye in round one. Ah, seven why? Seven teams didn't play in round one. I don't know. I couldn't find why they would do that. It doesn't make any sense. Did I tell you that a couple it's of years ago? Like, the look my dad gave me when I said, do they still play the NAB Cup beforehand? <laughs> and he said, like, <laughs> they, haven't, they haven't done that for years. <laughs> and I'm like... <laughs> I mean, there's some type of preseason still. I mean, it's... A... I assume that they were... That's probably... Why wouldn't you? It's not like you asked them if they still do the Wizard Cup. And in cricket, do they still hit the mercantile oh, yeah. mutual signs? I <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, man, I remember doing that. Times. I remember making cardboard cutouts around my backyard and pretending they were the sign. Because you remember if the the batsman hit the sign, they got like five hundred. They got some money or something like that. Yeah. 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 Yep. I didn't. Win I think they back. have that now in um, T uh, twenties. The circus like that is T20. I watched that and I'm just like, Jesus, what's, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> it's not sport. It's not sport. All right. It's that's not. done it. That's done us for sport too. So let's move on to movies. All right. So there was a few movies that were released. A few of them were all right. I'm going to go through them. Blame on the Bellboy, Gladiator, not... Very much not the Russell no, Crowe one. <laughs> the yeah. Lawnmower Man, Meatballs 4, Once Upon a Crime, Article 99, Howard's End, Shakes the Clown, My Cousin Vinny, Basic Instinct, Proof, Noises Off, Cutting Edge, Shadows of Fog, Ladybugs, P- 
power of one and white man can't jump so many films a lot of them i will give you like they're very much middle of the road like i'd say like 75 percent of them are middle of the road movies uh just going through man sorry have you seen lawnmower man recently i can't find it (laughs) all i could all i could find for that one is like um like when it's been cut up into 10 parts on youtube and i was like ah i can't do that I did watch Meatballs nah, 4 because Corey Feldman, why not? Uh, mm. It was it was pretty bad. <laughs> um, oh, no way. Yeah, no, yeah. Uh, not, not anywhere near Meatballs 3. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> uh, let's talk about... Well, what, which ones did you watch? Because I was, I was going to breeze through a few of these, but I, I don't want to step on anything that you've watched. So, I... Watched two recently. I watched Power of One last huh. year, I think, maybe the year before. Because I that? loved this film growing up. Yeah. Um, Not that. Put I the like... apartheid film on for me again. <laughs> but like, as a kid, like it seems like it's got such a good moral, and it's such. Is it Mark Wahlberg? No, I think it's Stephen Dorff. Oh, Stephen Dorff. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah, Mark... yeah, Imagine if Mark Wahlberg did it. Your man, that shit's wrong. <laughs> I I feel like the film would have gone down a different path. If it was Mike Wahlberg. Just saying. Oh yeah, yeah. Let's, let's not get me started on that. He <laughs> <laughs> should be in jail. <laughs> so what did you uh, watch? It's yeah, it was hard. So I actually watched White Man Can't Jump and My Cousin Vinny. Yeah, you did. Due to a strong recommendation. So. Before we get into them, we gotta talk about basic instinct. So we got 31 stab wounds. What was it? Ice pick. I'd like to speak to Miss Catherine Tremell, please. Is she a suspect? She's a writer. She published a novel. It's about a retired rock and roll star who gets murdered by his girlfriend. You know how she does the boyfriend with an ice pick. She intended the book to be her alibi. You didn't feel anything for him, you just had sex with him for your book. In the beginning, he gave me a lot of pleasure. You like playing games? Games are fun. Because just in terms of uh, how this changed the erotic thriller and also like it was it was like satired on everything. There's a very funny uh, Saturday, Saturday Night Live intro with Pearl Jam and Sharon Stone <laughs> when she's doing her um, interrogation room scene. Have you ever seen that? I don't think so. We were talking about it um, on the weekend or last week about... Yeah. Did it get made fun of or like... Yeah, so she comes out... To reference to it. She comes out on Saturday Night Live and she sits down and she's doing the... She's on the she's on the chair and they cut to Pearl Jam and they're all just sort of like shocked, like going... <laughs> and it's, it's pretty funny. I'll put it up Gosh. on the Instagram. Um, anyway, uh, but yeah, like it's, it's something that... Me and my wife watched it last year and holy shit. Like it is, it is pretty hot for its time. Like they show you a lot. Like I'm pretty sure I saw Michael Douglas's balls. Like on many occasions, uh. you definitely see way more than you thought you would from a from a '90s film or even a film these days. Like it's it is it is explicit. Yeah, um, yeah. it was like classic softcore pornography. Really, it was probably medium. I would say uh, this is not soft. This is probably medium. Okay. <laughs> um, well, if I may take a moment here, okay. we can uh, enjoy some of this medium. Oh no! Because our friend in an op shop discovered 
the what is it? A novel by Richard Osborne based on the film written by Joe Esterhaz. Esterhaz, yeah, okay. A novelization of the film. Oh my lord! So, are these pages yeah, are so these pages crinkly? They're surprisingly they're all good. It's crisp. I really thought someone would be stuck together. I think someone read the prologue and went, "Oh, this is too much." Or <laughs> maybe they just blew the load in the prologue and didn't pick it up again. Play, um, play your load in the prologue. That's like a an autobiography title. Uh, okay, hit, so me, hit, me, hit, me, hit me with it. Music came from a gleaming CD player near the window in the bedroom. The volume turned low. Beyond the window, the city of San Francisco was waking to a rare, clear morning. There would be no famous San Francisco fog that day. On the bed, a big brass bed. Now, I need to clarify when I first read that. That doesn't mean there's a bed on top of the bed. <laughs> just for anyone listening, that means it's just a big brass bed. Okay, cool. I initially pictured a brass bed on top of a bed. That's <laughs> not the case. On the bed, a big brass bed, lay Johnny Boz. Yeah, he did. Remember that name? A man of wealth, definitely, and also a man of taste. But taste good and bad. He liked art and music and casual luxury. His bad tastes were more destructive. Potent drugs, a little bondage, and the wrong women. The woman straddling his bare chest was beautiful. Her long blonde hair splashed across her bare shoulders, her perfect breasts falling like ripe fruit above his face, (laughs) tantalizing, just out of reach of his hungry lips. The woman lowered her red mouth to his and kissed him hungrily, her tongue darting. He kissed back, sucking her tongue deep into his mouth. She raised his hands above his head and pinned them. She pulled a white silk scarf from beneath the pillow and bound his wrists together. Oh, by the way. And tethered them to the brass headrail. All through the film, when you see that scarf comes out. Yeah. When, um... When you see that scarf comes out during the film, every time you're like, that guy's dead. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ruin it. Spoilers, Paul. Keep, Keep going. I'm always, strained, I'm always he there. Strained against... <laughs> <laughs> he strained against his bonds. His eyes closed in ecstasy. Mm-mm. She slid down his body and he entered. I don't understand. I can't get a visual of this. Okay. She slid down his body and he entered her. Well, she was on his chest. Oh, because she was she was sat on his chest. Okay, and then her vagina went towards his penis. His penis went inside of her. <laughs> oh god, you just right. ruined it. <laughs> it's all right. I'll make up for it. You ready? Sliding deep, her hips grinding down on him. He bucked, thrusting into her, stabbing, <laughs> piercing profoundly into her body, feeling her full wet weight on him. Stop it. Do you want me to read that line again? Nope. Did you catch that? Yep. Okay. They were caught in the moment, trapped by the searing power of narcotic sex. Eyes closed, she reared and then pounded down. Her hips impaled on him, her back arched, her breasts high and firm. He felt his orgasm welling deep within, and he threw his head back, exposing his white throat. Okay. His mouth open in a silent scream, his eyes turning back in their sockets. 
in delicious torment, he tore and strained against the silk that bound his arms. Her moment had come. There was a slime flash of silver in her hand, a slither of steel, sharp and deadly. Her right hand dropped fast and cruel. The weapon puncturing his pallid throat now suddenly washed red with his blood. He convulsed, shot through with the pain of sudden violent death and the overwhelming power of orgasm. Again and again, her arm plunged to his throat. His chest, his lungs, the cream sheets turned red. He died, blowing blood and soul into her. <laughs> the end. Uh, well, not the end. I think that happens, what, four more times in the film and then it ends? Oh, uh, yeah, what, yeah. Uh, thank you for that. You're welcome. You've got a um, you've got a career <laughs> waiting for you in uh, Audible erotic novels. <laughs> Give it a go. If, if you've never seen it, I think it's on stand now. Um, it has Wayne Knight from Seinfeld, Newman's in it. Uh, apparently this role gave him Nedry in Jurassic Park. I don't know how the, the connection is there. <laughs> um, and it's also got, uh, for me, films. it's got George Zunder in it from uh, the first season of Law and & Order and he gets killed massively. Just a big old oh. gushing... Yeah, it was it was hard to watch. Does does he get to come though, or no, no, there's no. Uh, so let's move on from that. Let's go firstly to my cousin Vinny. A funny thing happened to William and Stanley on their way to college. At what point did you shoot the clerk? They got framed for murder. Whoa! Wait a minute. Now, two kids from New York are in deep trouble. It's time to make your phone call. The clan's here. They're in red. They sleep with their sisters. In the deep south. Some of them do. And only one man can save them. You need to call an attorney, a great attorney. He's not your typical hero. We got an attorney in the family. Great, who? He's... My cousin Vinny. You stick out like a sore thumb around here. Oh, yeah, you blend. You graduated from law school six years ago. What have you been doing since? Studying for the bar. That's a lot of studying. It's his first case. Now, they're not telling you to dress appropriately. You were serious about that? The way you handled that, Judge. Oh, you're a smooth talker. You are. It's their last chance. Uh, I had never seen this movie before. And I watched it a couple months ago. And I fucking loved it. And I watched it again. I've watched it twice. I fucking love wow. this movie, and I don't know why. I think it's like it's very cozy. It's not what you think it's gonna be. Like it's not, um, like the basically. If you've never heard the story, it's about two guys, uh, two Italian guys that are driving through Alabama, or is it Alabama? Yeah, it's the Deep South. Yeah, New York Italians. Yeah, and they're um yeah New York Italians, and they're um uh. They're at the scene of a armed armed robbery, but they're arrested for it. But they're actually innocent, and they're basically going to be had the th- had the book thrown at them. So they call up their their cousin from New York, who is Joe Pesci, Vinny, and um, he comes and uh, defends them. And then they also find out that he's actually not really a lawyer; like he hasn't really passed the bar. Um, he's tried to do it like a bunch of times. Uh, he's, he's, he's an ambulance chaser, basically. Yeah, basically, and then um, he meets the judge, who was played by the guy who played uh, the monster, the dad in the monsters, or Pet Cemetery, 
or Pet Cemetery. Yep, uh, it's it's really good. Joe Pesci holds his own in it. Um, I think it's um, one of his best roles ever. It's, it's very you don't see him leading a, a cast very often, but this one I think he does it really well. Yeah. And I think it's probably one of my favorite movies I've watched in the last uh, six months. So, did you feel so? I watched half when I was a bit sleepy and it was too late, and the next half when I was not sleepy. Yeah. And I don't know if the first half I didn't enjoy because I was tired or is the first hour just, is it too much? Is it too unnecessary? Some of that first hour, the second, like half of the film when once they hit the court, yeah, it's great. Like five stars from the court onwards. But before that, no, nah, I kind of like the star. whole, I, I could, I could, I could understand that. Um, Marissa Tomei in this movie too. Oh my God. Like she is amazing. It pays, um, Joe Pesci's, uh, girlfriend in it. Uh, it's got fiance. Ralph Macchio, fiance, yeah. Ralph Macchio is in it from Karate Kid. <laughs> he plays one of the. Um... Doesn't he, he do a lot? <laughs> but and also, if, if you um, if you remember the uh, Adventures of Lois and Clark, you got Perry Mason from that. Oh, not Perry Mason. Uh, um, Perry, Mason. Perry, Perry White. White. Perry White from that. Uh, he yes. plays the opposing uh, uh, um, lawyer. Good Southern lawyer. It's it's a really really fun movie. Uh, I would just. I, definitely... ye- I yelled out Perry White about four times when he came on, and Laura's like, "Why do you keep saying that?" It's like <laughs> Perry White, Perry White. Moving on to White Man Can't Jump. It's not about black. I don't mean to brag. But I'm the greatest. That's because you never saw me. It's not about white. Honey, I'm home. How much money did you make today? I missed you too. I'm sorry, honey. It's about green. I want to find out how good you are, chump. I'm your white shadow. I have a business proposal for you, as if you don't mind hustling. What kind of hustle? Five hundred dollars, baby, and you can pick my teammate. Give him the chump. You mean play basketball? Hey, pretty man, I got something for you. Shut your anorexic malnutrition tapeworm having overdose Dick Gregory Bahamian diet drinking ass up. Yes. This this movie, um, okay, I liked it. <laughs> Watching it now, what? I realize that. Kind of like Wayne's World, it's a bunch of sketches put together, but I'm not mm. sure whether like the overarching overarching story holds it together as well. Like I like I love the bit where they're playing basketball, like and they're they're like trash talking each other. Awesome. I feel like the the under like some of the scenes in between just don't sort of carry the movie as well anymore. And Billy, played by Woody Harrelson, yeah. Is such a total piece of shit this movie. Like I just I hadn't realized how bad he was, but like he he's frustrating. Like this character is so frustrating in this movie. I after we watched it and Laura's like, I like to think that he got a real job and they got back together. I was like no, she should not take him back. He's garbage. Three times he, now he's done the absolute worst thing by her and their relationship. No, yeah, no, don't take him back again. And he like so. His choice. If you've never seen the movie, it basically starts off with uh, Sidney Dean, played by Wesley Snipes, is uh, playing basketball. It's all about basically playing two-on-two basketball and 
making money from that and sometimes there is a part of the movie where uh wesley snipes's character like um rolls billy for some money like they um Billy doesn't realize that he knows the people on the on the opposing team and that stuff. Rosie Perez is fucking fantastic in this movie. Um, she's ever since I saw this, the first time I watched this, I fell in love with Rosie Perez in this movie. I love it. Her the whole scene about um, a glass of water is so so good. <laughs> I like the idea. Um, the director or the writer, I can't remember if that was the same person, was really intent on her having her own story and her own journey he's like i don't want just some other wife bimbo girlfriend who's like just follows around her partner it's like she's got her own shit going on i and also like random, the fact that it doesn't make sense to the story but it's it's a cool little side story i also like the fact that they um they didn't just get her to go back with him like at the end of the story like spoiler alert uh, he wrongs her one more time and she doesn't come back. And then when he goes back, it, like he wins a bunch of money and um, he goes back to the apartment and she's not there. And you don't see her again for the rest of the movie and you don't know if they're going to get back together again. Because, you know, it's... I mean, he does play it well in the thing that like, I don't know whether, whether this character is ever going to learn. I think he's just going to keep fucking up. Yeah, pretty much. Like he's got a gambling problem. Like that's... Yeah, the whole his whole thing through the film was like he's constantly trying to prove himself and get, he just wanted to gamble, finding reasons to gamble. Yeah, um, I'm not sure. The problems, man. I think they were really trying to struggle for a name for this movie too, because. But then I was thinking about it. there's there's that like sort of metaphor because Wesley Snipes is all throughout the movie just saying like listen to your to your woman like listen to what she's saying to Billy. Yeah. I suppose, like, if you want to get sort of deep on the metaphor, like, I mean, I suppose he's, he's saying white man can't jump, like, he can't jump into adulthood. He can't sort of go the extra oh. step. Um, not saying that Sydney, Sydney's character is like a, like a Boy Scout. Like, he's <laughs> he's got his own problems too. But, like, yeah, I think with Billy's journey, like, Wesley Snipes is saying, like, you know, even that, the, the, the whole, when they actually say the name of the movie is when... Woody Harrelson's character has just won a bunch of money and he then bets Wesley Snipes that he can dunk a ball. And Wesley's like going, no, no, you don't have to do this. He's like, no, no, it's a bet, it's a bet. And he's like, look, white man can't jump. He's saying like, don't do this, do the right thing. And uh, he still <laughs> he still it's loses and fucks so up. so frustrating. Like he knows that he can't as well. Yeah. That's the worst yeah. bit. He knows yeah. he can't dunk. And one of the one of the really clever bits, I think, because the entire reason that like sort of uh, Billy and Gloria are sort of they're on the run from these gangsters because because uh, of like a, a deal that went down with a car, and like most frustrating of all, at the at the end of the movie, you find out that these gangsters were probably never ever going to kill them because uh, early in the movie they show Billy like a a bunch of photos of other people they've said they've killed, and then at the end of the movie they get Billy to pose on a mattress with blood coming out of his mouth to take a photo, but they're not, they don't, you find out that they don't actually kill people. They just do it to like, they just take photos of people. There was one scene with those guys I quite enjoyed where, <clears throat> I think it was earlier on, they went and like paid him a little visit and they go to get back in their van. And you see one guy gets in the van and they drive off. 
there is no scientific way that the other guy got around to the passenger seat, got in the van before it drove away. I think I saw that. I think I thought the same thing. Yeah, I did. There's no way the other guy got in there. Yeah. Straight away. Yeah, I I agree. I I think I'm 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 with it. But yeah, look, I think it's something that you should everyone should watch at least once in their life. It's just this movie worked way way better when I was probably not as asking as many questions. And also, like, I mean, I mean, the scenes where they're playing basketball and the back and forth and some of them some of the the names they call each other are just fucking fantastic. Um, Did you also know, according to IMDb trivia, this is one of Stanley Kubrick's favorite films? Really? According to IMDb Trivia. Well, you know, that is the he gospel. He said it's one of his favorite films. We'll be visiting them again too because they kept the... I mean, I think his character is also named Billy in Money Train, um, which is a fantastic movie. Which oh, is coming yeah. up a, in a few years' time uh, or a few seasons' time. So, uh, so yeah. Speaking of uh, Woody, sorry. Um, just because you love JFK so much. Mm-hmm. Also in IMDb Trivia, did you know Woody's dad was apparently... Yes. Questioned as an accomplice. Apparently, Woody's dad killed Kennedy. <laughs> Apparently, he was like, what the fuck? He's one of the uh, the hobos that was walking past. That's like that on the day, like the one they said that there was like these um there was these hobos that no one accounted for. Apparently, that was one of them was Woody's dad. Wow. Yep. That cool. What a claim to um, fame. The only movie that I really wanted to see. Because it would look sh- truly awful, and I didn't get a chance to see it. Was Ladybugs <laughs> with uh, Rodney Dangerfield? Because I always remember seeing the front cover of that, and it's Rodney Dangerfield. He he, he takes over the coach of a of a women's soccer t- soccer team, and on the front cover, it's it's Rodney Dangerfield, and he's got two soccer balls like where where boobs should be. And I've like because yeah, many times I walk past, I'm like, I'm definitely not watching that, but yet I'm intrigued. <laughs> but I can't. But yeah, I can't. You girls are all right. <laughs> It'll be 90 minutes of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. He gets a lot of like revering from the comedy world, but I'm not sure if I'm I'm on board with that. But yeah, maybe one day. Mm. Let's go on to television. Okay, so not too much. Uh, there was the young Indiana Jones Chronicles started on uh, in America. I saw them, I think, last year sometime. I can't believe... I can't remember where I got it from. Probably from the library. It's It doesn't hold up. I think he, um, Harrison Ford does make an appearance in one of the episodes, I will say. Did he really? Um, he did, yeah. Um, wow. You can totally tell. You know what? You know what the, the best... So George Lucas was, like, really into this. Like, apparently he was like... Uh, I don't know if he's directed it, but I think, I think he at least produced it. You can see the seeds of episode one being sown in the young Indiana Jones Chronicles. Like the main kid has so many little traits of Annie from episode one. And Anakin. No, no, Annie. Star Wars episode one. We're just talking about episode one here. Let's talk about Annie (laughs) because that's what they, that's what they call him. Okay. Annie. Yippee. (laughs) (laughs) I'm, because it was a bit where the young Nina Jones says something. He doesn't say yippee, but he says something like that. And I'm like, fucking hell, George. Like, fuck, you don't know how to write. <laughs> <laughs> you don't. Sylvania Waters was uh, on... That, it was one of the first... 
reality I think it was like kind of half reality half drama shows it was kind of like uh you know the hills yes so the hill is it the hills the one is the hills the one that's kind of like shot like a reality show but it's it's kind of a drama at the same time is that that one uh yeah i guess like it was i'm pretty sure it was a reality show but yeah so orange county but but real yeah so this yeah the oc so yeah, like this, this is like Sylvania Waters was like about a, um, I think it was like a, a, a family lived like, maybe not in a houseboat, but it was a house that was like very close to the water. And my dad banned it in our house; he fucking hated it. But um, <laughs> it was yeah, it was like one of the first ones that like um, sort of crossed that border from reality to to, to drama. And yeah, it, it it was quite popular at the time. I think the other um, show that, and I do remember this. Oh, I do remember this. Oh, yeah. It's a show called Sex. It was uh, yeah. hosted by uh, Sophie Lee. But it, it showed a lot. Like, this is, this is the year. It's really weird. Like, um, it was interesting time for this sexual sort of revolution thing. I've been reading a few articles about it. Like, the AIDS crisis had just been in the 80s. And now everyone was like, that sort of opened everyone up to talk about safe sex and... Um, the fact that it's going on and kids are kids are like getting into it younger and younger sort of thing and like there's a lot of sort of positive stuff and negative stuff and then they have shows like this and like you know start, some films like basic instinct like that sort of stuff wouldn't have, wouldn't have gone in the 80s because everyone was sort of sort of in that in the aids sort of yeah reality. Well, it's just heaped underground yeah yeah so now, now it's now, now it's like mainstream. sex was being put on the on like on the on the front seat um, but the conservative, especially in Australia, like the conservative, like parents and stuff like wasn't ready for it. So we had shows like this and it's just like, you, like people just freaked the fuck out about it. Like the, we, we were so white bread, <laughs> like middle class, yeah. <laughs> like no one knew what to do with it. And it's like, and I suppose like some people just didn't want to like own up to the fact that, oh, my, you know my sons and daughters are probably into this and I'm just turning a blind eye and maybe I shouldn't. And yeah, so it's going to be very interesting to follow this sort of sexual revolution going through the nineties, um, this forward and see how, how sort of, you know, cause by the time it gets to the, by the time it gets to the two thousands, it's just gross. So <laughs> would, is it fair to say that Madonna must probably started all of this? She would be up there. Yeah. She would definitely be as, as one of the, the forefront of like, this revolution of like talking about it, um, salt and pepper. Let's talk about sex. Like that was a huge, huge song. Yeah. Not in our house. Cause it got banned. But it was a bit like, um, <laughs> <laughs> are you listening to that sex song? <laughs> are you, th- are you talking song, about sex? It makes me very uncomfortable. <laughs> if only we weird hour came out with, let's talk about condoms. <laughs> yeah so and this is like this is the time like my like my parents i remember like there'll be ads for condoms on the tv and they would turn the they'll change the channel like they'll be like i don't they don't know it wasn't that the fact they were angry about it i just didn't think they knew what to do with it they didn't know how to deal with it so it's like oh we'll just change the channel sort of thing so which is fair because it just suddenly appeared like yeah there was no warning there was no training there was no like beware parents your childhood upbringing is going to change in front yeah. of your eyes. Like it's just all of a sudden now you've got to deal with this. Yeah. Like that's, that's tough. I get that. I get that. Yeah. It's just, um, it's just pretty, 
pretty interesting to see it. Like I suppose, um, like on our on this podcast, we tend to deal with like the pop culture, but like in the background, you can see these like these new things coming through. Um, at the time, new. Now it's like you know, it's 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 kind of gone the other way. But yeah, um, yeah, interesting stuff. Before moving on, we have also we've got to do Australia's favourite game show, which is the Law and Order Minute. <laughs> Uh, so we've only got two episodes. It's so... a game show now. Sure. Uh, let's do it. Let's. We're cutting it down to the Law and Order thirty seconds because that's what we just we we say it's uh it's fifteen seconds an episode. <laughs> yes. How many uh, hounds am I allowed in that thirty seconds? No, you can't. And you can't do your little shit <laughs> thing of like just um making me think that it's, it's yeah that yeah you can't do that. <laughs> Okay, so count me uh, in. It's my favorite part. Uh, from when? When do you want to be counted? From five. Do you want? You want a five, four, three, two, one? Yes. Okay, an actual one. Yes. Five, four, three, two, one, go. Okay, so we've got Sisters of Mercy, and well, Law and Order have outdone themselves this week. They have made actor, writer, director, and all-round good guy William H Macy a rapist. His character William runs H. Macy. a. Yeah, his character runs a house for homeless teenagers and apparently he dates a lot of them and uses the good old law and order male excuse, yeah. she came on to me. Yeah. <laughs> it's a pretty awful episode. Uh, the next one's called Cradle to the Grave and a baby dies when it's left alone in an apartment with no heating. At first they go after the mum, but then they go after the crooked landlord who turns a... <laughs> okay. Did you get it's it? Not a... It's not a, no. It's not as uh, it's not as frightening over Zoom. <laughs> I turned it down slightly because I've got headphones on. I don't know how loud it actually is. Ah, oh, yeah. Well, now you know how we feel. No, I don't. Wait, what? Okay. All right. <laughs> Moving on. So that was all that I have for TV. Um, so let's go on to music. So. A judge in Chicago approved all the refunds for anyone who bought the Millie Vanilli album <laughs> before their lip syncing came known. So uh, Karen, Karen from Ohio, <laughs> one. Good one, Karen. Going to the the charts, you had the US number one was uh, "To Be with You" by Mr. Big. We had uh, "Save the Best for Last" by Vanessa Williams. Good stuff. Uh and the Aria <laughs> charts, number one, and this song, look, I don't know whether it's just the time. This this song, I really don't like it, and I don't know why, but if I hear it in a shop, I just like it. Ugh. It is Salt Water by Julian Lennon. It's... Don't know it. Salt water burns in my eyes. No, no one knows no. that song. I don't know. I, that one, for me, I remember, because I used to be... Um, I used to record the top 20 videos on Rage, um, our music video show that um, that ran on Sunday mornings. And this one stayed in the top 20 for ages. And I used to always fast forward past it. So maybe it's just the fact that I was like, oh, I just got sick of it. But like, it's still to this day, I'm like, I can't hear this song and not go, ugh. Um, so going on to the albums that were released, this is a pretty good month, I have to say. Um. I was yeah. 
Names wise, it's a good month. I don't know about the actual songs and the albums themselves. One of my favorite albums of the uh, of the of the month was by a band called the Disposable Disposable Heroes of Hypocrisy, and that was Michael Franti from Spearhead before Spearhead. Um, uh, really, really good stuff there. Uh, you had uh, a decent album by David David Byrne that wasn't The Forest. Um, that was pretty good. Ooh, harsh. <laughs> Uh, you yeah. had my favorite thing about that album. Can I just say quickly? It didn't hit me at all the fact that it was called Uh Oh until yeah. I started listening to it. And then once I started listening to it, all I could hear was David Byrne going, Oh, oh. <laughs> David like, Byrne doesn't say Uh Oh. His album wasn't called Uh Oh. It was going, Oh, oh. Because that's what David Byrne does. He does and that I quite couldn't a little... get it out of my head. He does that quite for me. quite a lot. Uh, we had noise. another another song that was probably banned in my house, I'm Too Sexy by Right Said Fred. I fucking hate that song. Um, yeah, good choice. Uh, one of my favorite albums... Uh, okay, the singles of the album, this album is pretty good. The actual album is pretty like, middle of the road, but uh, Buffalo Tom, um, let, uh, let Me Come Over, it's a really good... Um, Taillights Fades, one of the, a really good song. Yeah, we had that... F- the first, uh, I think Eddie did a version of that actually. Um, Tool had their first, I think it was their first release. Skip. <laughs> uh, Walking in London by Concrete Blonde, I didn't mind. Uh, Juliana Hatfield, I really liked. Um, that's been playing quite a lot in our house. Uh, Katie Lang um, did a album. I think there were like mostly covers or like um, constant craving though. Constant Bang. craving, yeah, it's awesome. Uh, White Zombie came out with something. He was a shit. No Doubt um, came out with, I think, their first album. And you know what? Look, No Doubt is No Doubt. I can't, I can't believe that like it took him two more albums to get picked up because this album, like it, it could, these songs could be on Tragic Kingdom. Like they're they're pretty much the same thing. Um, just no. sort of like bubblegum sort of scar pop sort of stuff. Uh, you had Apollo 18 by, uh, They Might Be Giants. Uh, again, there's a lot of filler on They Might Be Giants albums, uh, but this one had the guitar and the statue, that statue got me high. I love that song. Uh, my favorite album, I'm just saying this could be in my top five for the year. (laughs) What? Yeah. It's so predictable. Uh, three years, five months and two days in the life of, and it's by Arrested Development. I fucking love this album. Uh, before you I, your hip hop man. Before I started making this, oh, got the idea to do this podcast. I was listening to a bunch of like, um, like nineties uh, playlists on Spotify, and like all I'd really known of them was Mr. Wendell, and Mr. Wendell's not like the best song on that album. It's it's good, but it's like, you know. You would you would think if that's the if you think that's the best song on the album, then you probably wouldn't give the rest of the album to go. This album's amazing. It's got so many really good songs, and if you want to see like a, they did a MTV Unplugged as well. It's um like that is a really Ooh. good performance. So if you yeah if if you've ever just heard Mr. Wendell and like, eh, I could take it or leave it. Listen to the entire album. It's really really good. Uh, on Vogue, I think. These two songs, the two songs that I've uh, I've got here, that sort of highlighted my loving and free your mind. 
that free your mind song i've heard that song so many times i didn't know i never knew that was on vogue i was like i always liked it it's pretty good pretty good pop it's actually i'd never listened to the second line as well free your mind and the rest will follow yeah all i ever knew was free your mind i was like uh, and that mullen and you're never gonna be and you're never gonna oh man it's awesome <laughs> uh so we listening yeah, to on bad. On Vogue and Rest Development, uh, my wife hates it. Uh, <laughs> um, I was listening to uh, me and my son were playing Minecraft, and I was playing the Spotify playlist through the PlayStation. Like this, this playlist for March. He was he was into a lot of the music. Love Def Leppard. <laughs> like when that "Let's Get oh. Rocked" song came on. He went thought... nuts. As soon as that started kicked in, he's like, he's, he's just like twerking his whole body to it. It's amazing. Um, twerking to Leopard. Wow. Yeah. Slee and Dion uh came out she had that had the the song from booth and the beast on it um but i know you're waiting for us to get to a special album that came out and that's jump by Criss cross <laughs> uh that's not even on my list what are you talking about i can guarantee you i remember the day of walking through my primary school at recess and a teacher said why has everyone got their pants on backwards <laughs> because crisscross <laughs> wore their pants backwards and a bunch of people started doing that uh, resulting in god knows how many's accidents that day <laughs> i wanted to bring back some luca bloom feeling and i was going to read the lyrics to jump but it's <laughs> is just it just those two things over and over crisscross can make a jump Faith. Basically. Uh, so let's talk about I know you're waiting to get here uh, let's talk about Bruce Springsteen who thought I'm not going to do one album I'm going to do two albums oh yeah and That's they're both going to be long and their songs are going to be long because I don't know how to end a song and I'm Bruce Springsteen <laughs> how dare you uh, look I love a bit of Bruce a very very little bit of Bruce I love um oh he got really popular about 10 years ago when he started doing his three hour four hour concerts and everyone's like you gotta go and i'm like i don't think i can do that for like three hours um mm. i like i like some bruce springsteen uh i'm gonna be ultra annoying and say nebraska's his best album and a lot of people will go Ooh. um i do like lucky Been town that for a long time yeah it's awesome uh i do like lucky town lucky town's a good song uh human touch <laughs> if i had to pick between these two albums i'll be i'll be choosing the lucky town album but anyway bruce is more on your 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 airways so tell us tell us about these two albums to be honest <laughs> uh pretty much pretty much the same like i i have some bruce head fan friends that might tell me that they're gold start to finish i don't think they would but in reality there's two maybe three songs on each that are worthwhile 
But luckily, Obviously those songs uh, occupy half the album because they're about eight minutes each because you can't finish a fucking song. It's like, let's do another solo. It's like, no, Bruce, how about you finish the fucking song? I would actually say that the song Lucky Town doesn't go for long enough. <laughs> um, I did. I actually never heard this song before. And once I'd heard it, or like, because you know when people, they have requests at a Bruce show? Yeah. Like they write up paper and like throw it up on stage or hold up signs, whatever. He's got one called 57 Channels. Yeah, nothing on. And nothing on. All I could think was 57 Channels, nothing but cats. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to see him sing that song now. And instead of saying, and nothing on, nothing but cats. Nothing but cats. And why not just a double album? Why are you putting yeah. out two single albums? Yeah, I don't know. It's just It just seems really weird. Um, I, was, I was sort of looking... There doesn't seem to be much... Uh, explanation for it either. <laughs> He's just like, yeah, that's, that's what I do. Bruce is going to do Bruce. Yeah, I mean, it, he would just mumble and dribble on and you won't actually know what he actually said. Yeah, I remember Well, that I started a recording one album and then I don't know. Oh, Jersey and a <laughs> Yeah, basically. Max Weinberg. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, look, I if I had to pick... Well, if I had to pick a movie... So let's let's do let's do our picks for movie of the of the week and, and album of the week. For my movie is going to be my cousin Vinny, and for my album is going to be Arrested Development. Uh, I'm really torn with my film because I enjoyed my cousin Vinny. I was grinning a lot at the end. Yeah, like Tomei and Pesci were both perfect in it. But the first hour, I wasn't sold. I liked Uncle Buck vibes. Like the Home Alone moment, I really liked when I heard "Stand by Your Man" playing <laughs> in the bar. I would watch it just um, for um, Marissa Tomei's uh, cross examination towards the end of the film. That was good. Yeah. But growing up, I loved the film Army Intelligence. Okay. And there's the character in that uh, plays Junior in White Men Can't Jump. You know, Sydney's little sidekick, Junior. I love okay. Junior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always loved Junior when I watched this film as a kid. He was the best. So I think I have to go with White Man Can't Jump just for Junior. He's my okay, and what about your album? Um, Don't do it. It's tough. Like, there's... What? Don't do Bruce. There's nothing that really stands out. There's a lot of, like... <laughs> middle, like you said, like, middle-of-the-road stuff. I thought I was going to like Jesus Mary Chain, but they're really boring. Mm-hmm. I did not like them at all. They're not interesting, and I can't give it to Bruce because he has a couple good songs on each album. So I guess it's Buffalo. Ooh, nah, Concrete Blonde. Paid. I really like Concrete Blonde. Ah, okay. Uh, it's it's somewhere between Concrete Blonde and Buffalo Tom. <laughs> I can't decide. They're uh- the same. I do like Concrete Blonde's uh, version of James Brown's um, uh, It's a Man's World, but they kind of change the lyrics a bit. So uh, so that's that's March 1992 done. Uh, if you want to get in contact with us, it's uh, livingthepastpod at gmail.com. Uh, check us out on Instagram. You can check us out at uh, Letterboxd, PD Lumsden, or Benjamin CTR. Follow us to find out what we've been watching. Check us out on Spotify, Living the Past podcast, uh, playlist until next time uh, I will see you later see you later
What, you trying to set me up? Look, I got my $500 right here. Where's yours? Hey, look, I said I'll get it. I get it, all right? Oh, oh. I got to go to the glove compartment. Good. Oh, can you go to the glove compartment? Then you bring your Sasquatch butt on back here, all right? I got a hot head. Shoot, I got some back, Raymond. Hey, give me your money. Raymond, that's you. No, 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 this ain't Raymond. Nah. Take off that goddamn mask and put down that gun. Shit. Thank you once again for listening to Living in the Past. Got some awesome people to thank at the end of the show here. Andrew Golding does our music for us. You can check out his stuff at www.antigold.bandcamp.com. Rebecca Sheedy, she does our artwork. You can check out her stuff on Instagram at mildscribbling. Send us an email at livingthepastpod at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram. You can check out letterbox.com following PD Lumsden and check out the movies that we've been talking about this season. You can check out the music we've been talking about on the podcast by going to Spotify and searching Living in the Past podcast and then the month that you want to check out. Want to help us grow the show? Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or tell your neighbor, tell your friend, tell your mother. It all helps. And until next time, as we always say, sit back, look back and relax. Thanks.